Hello, and welcome to episode 96 of the Vegan Business Tribe podcast with myself, David Pennell, co-founder of Vegan Business Tribe. And if you have a vegan business, or you're just thinking about starting one, then Vegan Business Tribe, we're here to support you and to inspire you, not just to build a vegan business, but to build a successful vegan business. And today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is getting paid. Now, (laughs) don't come at me when I say that because everybody likes getting paid. But because we're vegan, sometimes we struggle talking about the money side of business. We might see it as being unethical or we feel bad about making money out of something that we really care about. But as a business and as a person, you need more money coming in than going out to be able to keep doing what you are doing. And usually it all goes to plan. You do some work or you deliver a product and you get paid for your efforts in return. But sometimes it's not that simple. And you can be sat with an unpaid invoice wondering what you can possibly do next. So that's what we're going to be covering today. Before we go into that, though, what's been going on at Vegan Business Tribe recently? Well, it's our first week back in the studio after the Christmas break, and we started the new year with a big announcement that the cost of Vegan Business Tribe membership, it's going up. And you might think that's bad news, but it's actually amazingly good news for you. Because from the 1st of February 2023, membership of Vegan Business Tribe, it's going up from the £12.99 a month that it's been for the last three years to £18.99 a month for new members. And the reason that that's good news is because if you are already a member, then the price isn't going up for you. You will stay on the same £12.99 a month that you joined on for as long as you stay a member. But that also means that if you sign up before the price goes up on the 1st of February, then your membership will be locked in at the old £12.99 a month price too. And that's going to save you a whopping £6 a month on your membership or more than £70 a year. And we know that a price rise, it is long overdue. And we've not increased the membership in the three years since we launched Vegan Business Tribe, even though we've now got 100 times the content, the community and the benefits than when we first launched three years ago. Lisa and I, we just wanted to hold down the price for as long as possible to make Vegan Business Tribe as accessible to as many vegan businesses as we could. But we've got to the point where (laughs) even our members are telling us that we need a price rise, but it's just too cheap. So from the 1st of February 2023, the price for new signups, it's going up to £18.99 a month. However, 
If you sign up now, and like right now, before the price goes up, then you can still lock in at the original old price of £12.99 to beat that price rise. So if you are one of those people, and I know we've got plenty of you who listen to every single episode of a podcast. You're, you're on the mailing list and you keep saying that you're going to get around to joining, but you just haven't done it yet. Then now is the time to get yourself into gear because you've only got a week or so to do it before the price goes up. So, Don't say I didn't give you plenty of notice if you go sign up on the 1st of February and you realise that you missed it by a day. And if you are one of those people who has been meaning to join us but just hasn't got around to it yet, then January, it really is a great time to do it because we always get a new influx of members in January because that's when everyone decides they're going to get serious about building their vegan business and right now the community hub it is packed with conversations our business clinics they are full of people looking for help and advice and we also recently launched our new one-to-one coaching program with myself and lisa and we're going to be opening up three more places on that in february too so just head over to the website at veganbusinesstribe.com, click on that big join button on the homepage, and then you can sign up to be part of the tribe on the old price until the end of the month. Okay, so we are talking about money anyway today. And if you're quite new to business, then sometimes finance and keeping your accounts in order and just making sure that the money keeps flowing through your business... Well, it can all seem a little bit boring. There are always more exciting things in your business that you'd rather be doing. But if you run a business for any period of time, you will learn that these things, they are the core of your business. As I said in the introduction, as vegans, we don't seem to like talking about the money side of business. And I guess that's because for many of us, we didn't necessarily get into business for the money. I mean, it's nice, but we wanted a way to align our ethics with how we make a living. We wanted to take the skills that we already had and use them to move the vegan cause forwards. But you cannot do that if you run out of money. Money, it's like electricity. If it runs out, then everything stops. And if that happens, you cannot realise the dreams that you have of making a difference with your business. And that means that as a business owner, you need to make sure that the money keeps coming in. And usually that will go without a hitch. You'll do a job or you'll provide a product and the customer, they'll be happy to pay you for it. But every now and again, it's not quite that simple. Your invoice, it goes unpaid. You deliver a product and the money, it never turns up in your bank account for it. And sometimes the customer goes quiet and it seems that they've disappeared from the face of the earth. Or sometimes they become very vocal and they give you every reason under the sun why they're not happy to pay for what they have received and they start asking for a discount. 
And if you sell a product where the customer has to pay up front, for example, e-commerce, where somebody pays in full before you even send the product to them, then you'll avoid many of the problems of customers not paying their bill. You will still have to deal with returns and refund requests, but you'll already have somebody's money in the bank. So at least you're going to be more in control of that situation. But if you've delivered a product or you've done a project for somebody and you've sent off the invoice and then you hear absolute silence, you just hear nothing back, then what do you do? How do you resolve that situation, knowing how much vegans hate conflict? And what do you do to avoid it happening again in the future? Well, the first thing I'm going to say is this is a lot more common than you think. If so far in your business journey, you've had no issues with your customers paying you, then you've either been extremely lucky or you've not been doing this very long. Because from experience, when somebody doesn't pay your bill on time, it's usually because they simply can't. They don't have the money to hand. Someone was late paying them or a job didn't come in that they were relying on or something's gone wrong in their business. The problem, though, is that businesses are run by people and people are irrational and emotional things that react in lots of different ways when they receive an invoice that they cannot pay. Some people will just panic and they'll use avoidance techniques. So they'll do everything they can to avoid talking to the people that they owe money to. Some people, they just outright lie. They say that they never received your invoice. Or sometimes they'll even say they never received the product. And some people, they'll just string you along for as long as they can. They'll say they'll chase it up with their accountant. They tell you that they'll pay next month. You know, the old, the check is in the post line. But there are lots of things you can do to protect yourself against non-payment and still retain a good relationship with your customers. Business is an ancient activity. We have been exchanging goods and services for thousands of years. So as you would expect, there are already lots of best practices and even laws in place to ensure that you get paid for what you sell. However, the opposite of that is also true. If you are of a certain mind and you run somewhat of a sharp practice, then there are also lots of ways to avoid paying for products and services. So, for example, here in the UK, where I am at least, if you cannot prove that somebody actually placed a legally binding order with you, that you have a contract to deliver a product or service, then that person, they have no obligation to pay you. You can build a website for someone or you can deliver a case of your finest product. And if you cannot produce a legally recognized paper trail showing that that person entered into a contract with you, then there is very little you can do to get that person to pay you if they decide not to. And some people know this. 
they will take advantage of businesses that do not have all the right procedures in place. Freelancers who just start on a project without getting a contract in place or a purchase order from a client. Companies that operate without terms and conditions of sale in place. Some people will order services and products from these kind of companies having no intention to pay them. And you might be surprised at this, but when I launched my first agency over 25 years ago now, I know I don't look old enough, but I came up against a surprising number of these kind of characters. Some were running very big companies and they saw it as just giving me a lesson in business. And in many ways, that's exactly what they did. So first, we need to make sure that our businesses operate in a way that protects ourselves. An unpaid invoice, that can be the end of your company, especially if you are a small business that relies on the revenue of each and every job. In return, It might put you in the position where you cannot pay your own staff and suppliers. So it is vital that you find out what you need to have in place in your country or region to make any order a customer places with you legally binding. Usually, this means having a contract in place that is recognised in law of the country in which both you and your customer operate. And that might be a purchase order system. It might be a signed sales form from someone agreeing to abide by your terms and conditions. It should say what goods or services are being ordered, how much they're going to cost and have details on how and when they're going to be delivered. It should also identify who in the business authorised the order and a date of when they did so. And at the centre of this agreement should be your terms and conditions, or your terms of trade, they're sometimes known by too, and proof that your customer has read them and agrees to them when they place that order with you. And I am always amazed at how many businesses operate without having terms and conditions of sale in place. But I say that after running my first two businesses myself without having any proper T's and C's in place for many years. So although I'm amazed, I'm also completely sympathetic at the same time. It is something that seems really complicated. And we always think of those pop-up boxes full of legal text that just pop up and get in your way and you have to click agree without reading through them. But your terms, they should actually be in very clear language and make perfect sense when somebody reads through them. Because they will say on what timescale a customer is agreeing to pay you. They will state who owns what you have produced before payment is made. And it will also set a legal framework for that order. Now, ideally, 
You should get both the words on your order form and your terms and conditions drawn up by a business lawyer, especially so if you are a larger business or if what you sell is of a particularly high value. And over the years, I have seen a number of lawyers offer terms and condition packages to small businesses for just a few hundred pounds. But there are now also a lot of free resources and templates online that you can use to create your own T's and C's. Just make sure, though, that if you go down that route, that you really pay attention and you read through them and make sure that they are relevant to your business. I mean, if you run a food delivery business, for example, then there is no point having a line in your order terms saying that all copyright for your work remains yours until the customer has paid. Know how much of an artwork you think your baking is. Terms and conditions, they should be written in plain, simple language. So if you read through a set of terms and they're just full of legalese and you've no idea what they are saying, then there's little chance that your customer will understand what they're agreeing to either. So having your terms in place and then making sure that when someone places an order with you, that you can prove that they agreed to those terms and conditions, that you've both agreed to what's going to be supplied and for how much, all this will definitely close off a lot of the opportunities for people to try and simply wriggle out of paying you after you've done the work or provided your product. But go read up more about this yourself. This is part of being a business owner, educating yourself on all the things you need to know to successfully run a business. So find out what should be on a sale order or a purchase order in your part of the world and make sure that you get your customer to sign it digitally or physically before you take on a project or sell somebody your product. Most countries have organisations that are dedicated to supporting businesses, either government-run departments or independent bodies, and they'll have some good online form. information about how to put create you on your guard. And how because to remember, there are a lot of people out there who know the law, and they will use it to their benefit and your disadvantage. So... That's all good. Having all this in place, that's going to go a long way to protecting you and avoiding any future conflict. After all, what we're trying to do is just to make sure that both you and your customer understand what is expected, to make sure that they know when they'll be expected to pay and how much that invoice is going to be. So we need to take all the emotions and the guilt away from collecting your debts and we need to just make it another regular admin task in your business because you've delivered a quality service or wonderful product and that deserves to be paid for in full. So don't be embarrassed about taking getting paid as seriously and professionally as you do the rest of your business. So when you send your invoice, which will usually be electronically these days by email, make sure that your invoice clearly states when the payment is due. And feel free to repeat this in the body of the email too. 
If the invoice goes straight to an accounts department, then also send a quick message to your contact at the company. You know, the person you've actually been working with. Letting them know that the invoice has been sent and when it's due for payment. There is nothing to be embarrassed by, nothing at all, in being professional and efficient with your invoicing. It is, if anything, a reflection on how professional you are in all the other parts of your business. But sometimes you can have all the paperwork in place. You've been diligent and you've got that signature on the order farm or you've got that email confirmation that the customer agrees to your quote and your terms and your conditions and you finish the project or you deliver the product and then nothing. The weeks go by, no payment lands in your bank account. What do you do? Well, the first thing to do is find out the fact. We're going to go real Sherlock Holmes first. So first, you need to find out if the invoice has actually gone through. If you're working with a larger company, then a quick phone call to their accounts department with the invoice number and your company name, it will tell you if the invoice is on their system or not. And they should also be able to tell you when it's been scheduled to be paid to. Now, regardless of if you have a payment due date all over your invoices, some companies, they will simply pay all their suppliers on set terms. And there's not much you can do about this. And it might be 30 days. It might be they pay people on 60 days. Or it might even be they don't pay people until 90 days after the invoice date. And to be honest, Even if they agreed to your terms and conditions when they ordered from you, from my long experience, if a large company has set terms of paying all its suppliers, then there's very little you can practically do about it, except wait until the scheduled payment date rolls around. You can complain. You can point out that they agreed to your payment terms. But unless you can get a director to intervene and make a special exception for you, then you're going to have to work that delay in payment into your cash flow forecast. You might also be surprised to call the accounts department of a company and find they've got zero record of you or your invoice. It might well be that the organisation has a set system and procedure for setting you up as a supplier. And the person that you've been working with in that business, they just didn't know or they completely neglected to tell you about it. Or it might be that the company only accepts invoices sent to a specific email address that automatically logs that invoice on their system. And you instead sent the invoice to your contact who's just left it sitting in their inbox. It may also be that you left some crucial information off your invoice so it never got signed off and approved to be paid, such as a purchase order number from the company or your company name on the invoice didn't match the company name that they know you as. So it's worthwhile, especially if this is your first job with a company, that you follow up a week after sending your invoice just to make sure that you're set up as a supplier, that your invoice has successfully made it into their system and that it's been approved for payment. And then just double check when that will be due. In 90% of the cases, a quick call to a company's accounts department, that's going to give you 
all the answers about why your invoice has not been paid and when you can expect it. And don't be embarrassed about doing this. Please don't. Because those people that you speak to, those people who answer your call in the accounts department, they will spend most of their day doing the exact same thing, chasing invoices from their own customers. If your customer is a smaller company that doesn't have a separate accounts department, then don't be afraid to ask directly for an update. Getting to the habit of regularly reviewing who owes you money, which invoices are coming due, and just having a quick call around, or more likely in these days, an email around, to get updates on when those payments are due. Keeping on top of who owes you money, it is such an important part of maintaining a healthy business. And in fact, like most of the admin in your business, you can automate most of it. So if you're using a professional accounting software package, then usually it will automate payment chases for you with reminder emails. And most people, they're never on top of their admin. So all it takes to resolve the majority of overdue invoices is just a little bit of nudging. However, at some point, you will be likely to find yourself in the situation where a customer, they've had all the reminders. You're pretty sure they've got the invoice. And this isn't a case that your invoice has just been overlooked or it hasn't made it onto someone's system. They are simply choosing not to pay you. And this is where you need to get involved yourself as the owner of the business. And the sooner, the better. Don't shy away from it because the longer you leave it, the harder it's going to be to get a resolution. So first, you need to find out why the invoice isn't being paid. Is it because they've got an issue with what you've supplied them? In which case, be on your guard. Because why didn't they raise that with you before now and give you a chance to rectify it? Or are they simply unable to pay? They just don't have the money. In the first of those scenarios, your terms and conditions should already outline what your returns policy is, if you allow this. And it should state what window they have for making a return or reporting a fault. And then what happens in a dispute or if an item is delivered damaged. And there's a very simple rule of thumb to follow here. If somebody has a problem with what you have delivered to them, then they can return that product to you in good order and get a refund or a replacement. That's assuming it wasn't a custom product. Or they can keep it and pay for it. They can't do both. They cannot say that a product wasn't fit for purpose, but keep it and use it anyway without paying for it. If it's not fit for purpose, then they need to send it back to you or allow you the opportunity to correct it. And be aware, because some people will use this as an excuse for trying not to pay you, or at the very least, to try and get a discount. So make sure that your terms are very clear on your return and replacement policies, and just stand firmly by them. The customer cannot keep you in limbo. They either accept what you have provided and pay for it, or they return it if they believe it's not fit for purpose so that you can rectify that. And do not be afraid to enforce that. If somebody doesn't pay for a product, 
then you still own that product. You can turn up at somebody's premises to get your product back if they haven't paid for it. But this isn't just for physical products. It's the same for services too. If you have a way to remove or withhold the services that you have delivered, then you should do so if somebody is refusing to pay up. As with physical products, the copyright for what you produce, it isn't transferred to a customer until it has been paid for. And your terms should be very clear on this. So don't leave somebody's website online if a customer is just flat refusing to pay you for building it. Use what leverage you have. If you're due to deliver a training session to a company, but they haven't paid the overdue invoices from the previous months, then let them know that they need to bring their payment up to date before the programme can continue. Be fair, but be firm. Don't be embarrassed. You are not the one at fault here. Remember, money is like electricity. When it stops, everything stops. Of course, you might want to be mindful of your relationship with a customer. So if someone's been just a great client and they need help through a rough patch, you might decide to be lenient, but only if they're being honest with you. If you've got a customer that is not paying you, then they're no longer a customer. There has to be a fair exchange for that to be a relationship. If they are avoiding your calls and still expect you to go on delivering a service, then just bring everything to a halt. In fact, that might be the only way you can get them to talk to you. If they are honest with you and they explain that they simply can't pay, but they believe that they'll be able to pay shortly then you might want to consider offering a payment plan instead. Don't just accept nothing. Suggest that they pay 20% of the invoice every week until it's clear, instead of having to wait until they've got the full amount in their bank before you see any money. Or ask if they can pay half now and maybe half in a month when they've been able to collect their own debts. But closely monitor the payments and make sure that they are keeping to that deal. Because getting half of your invoice paid before a company eventually goes bust, that is far better than trying to fight with all the other creditors after they go under completely. The better situation, however, is just to make sure that you never have this much exposure as a business in the first place. So if you can take full payment up front, then do so. Because we're all now so used to buying online. That means that we're all used to paying in full when ordering too. And if I look back when I used to buy print, gosh, 20 years ago, I'd get thousands of pounds worth of brochures delivered. And the printers, they'd then very kindly give me 30 or 60 days to pay them for it. Now, I order all my print online and I pay on a card at the same time that I upload my artwork. There is usually no benefit to you giving credit to your customers and usually all it does is leave you really exposed. If a customer can't afford it on the day that they order, then what makes you think they'll be able to afford it in 30 days time? 
Asking for payment up front, it also makes you a much more cash-positive business. And this is good because it means you don't spend all your time chasing invoices. And if you don't think a customer will pay in full up front for what you provide, then at least take a deposit. So if somebody doesn't pay you, then even if you lose the profit you won't be out of pocket because you've got that deposit. If you're not selling a physical product, then you've got nothing to reclaim if somebody doesn't pay. So it's why it's not unusual for service-based businesses to ask for a 50% deposit up front to make sure that at least all their costs are covered regardless of if they get the final invoice paid. It's also really common to build in staged payment plans for projects. So, for example, 25% deposit on the order and then another 25% at a certain project milestone with the remaining due on completion. Now, don't spring this onto your clients. You know, make sure that this is clearly outlined and it's there at the proposal stage and that everyone is aware and expecting it. And they understand that the project won't continue until that mid-stage payment is received. You can also look at something called invoice financing. And this is where the customer, they still get a period of credit But somebody else takes the risk. So when you raise the invoice, an invoice finance company, they pay you the majority of that invoice up front. And then they invoice your end customer and take responsibility for chasing the payment. And this is most common in large capital purchases. You know, when people are buying high ticket machinery or vehicles. But depending on what you sell, it might be a solution for you too. But it might be. That even after all of this, you just can't get your money and you have to start considering what other options are open to you. And I have used debt collection agencies in the past, although they're only really of any use if the customer has money to collect. And if you've got all your paperwork in order, proving the sale, proving that they agreed to your terms and that you delivered the end product undisputed. Usually, your local solicitor, they will offer a service to send a legal letter to a debtor on their headed paper for a reasonably small fee. And again, sometimes the possible threat of legal action, that's enough to get somebody to either pay up or at least start talking to you. It's also worth remembering that you can start adding interest to overdue invoices. And in the UK, for example, you can add what's called statutory interest after 30 days of an invoice remaining unpaid, which is 8% plus whatever the Bank of England base rate is. You can even put a higher rate in your terms and conditions. And again, most companies don't actually follow through with collecting the interest on an unpaid invoice. But the threat of Adding interest to that already overdue payment, that can just be another useful negotiation tool. And then finally, if you have done everything that we've already talked about and you've exhausted all other opportunities, then you might, and I stress might, wish to settle the matter legally. And this should only ever be the final option once you've tried everything else because it's going to take a lot of your time it's going to cost money and it comes with no guarantee 
of success, no matter how good you think your argument is. Here in the UK, we've got the small claim system, and that was set up just for these kind of small disputes. And most countries have got similar systems in place, and it can be for claims up to £10,000 here in the UK. But you need to be sure of your case, and you need to make sure that you have a lot of confidence in your claim. The small claims route, it also has some other options before it goes before a judge. And they can offer a mediation service that will avoid the case going for a hearing and instead work to help you resolve any disputes with a customer. You could also win by default. So if you lodge a complaint against a company and the person or company doesn't respond within 14 days, then they automatically rule in your favour. Winning is no guarantee that you're going to see any of the money, though. The company may only be ordered to pay a percentage of what they owe. And if they don't have any money at all, then suing them, that's going to make no difference to that fact. Now, Different countries do have different legal systems, but usually these kind of small claim systems, they don't need a lawyer. They're set up to be easy to understand and to follow without needing legal representation. Taking that legal route, though, that should only be an option you take if everything else has failed. Instead, make sure you are protected with good terms and conditions and that you are collecting the right information and evidence to prove that order. Make sure that both you and your customer fully understand what is expected on both sides of the contract. Make sure that you are collecting payment up front if you can, or at least taking deposits to reduce your exposure. And finally, make sure that you keep on top of your payment collection as a business. I cannot stress this enough. These are the things that will make getting paid so much easier and hopefully protect your relationship with your customer too. Okay, so we've been over, gosh, quite a lot in this session. So let's have a bullet point recap of everything that we've just learned. Number one, money is like electricity. If it runs out, then everything shuts down. And if that happens, you cannot realise the dreams you have of making a difference with your business. Even if you're not in this for the money, you need to make sure that money keeps flowing through your business. And that means making sure that you take debt collection and getting paid as seriously as you do the rest of your business. Two, Usually, you'll get paid without a hitch, but there are plenty of people out there who know how to get around paying you if you don't have the right documentation in place to make an order legally binding. If you don't have the right contract in place and somebody decides simply not to pay you, there's not much you can do about it. Three. At the centre of your contract with a customer is your terms and conditions or your terms of trade. This is a document that outlines how you are going to do business. And when you take an order from a customer, you need to make sure that you gather evidence that they have read and agreed to these terms. 
So get some advice, maybe even pay for some to be drawn up, or go find some examples online for you to read through and familiarise yourself with. Four, make sure that your customer knows when they are expected to pay and follow up a week after submitting your invoice to make sure that it's on the company's system and to find out when it's scheduled to be paid. Some companies have got very set procedures for submitting invoices and registering as a supplier. So make sure there have been no issues with your invoice and it's not just sat there in limbo. Five, Get into the habit of regularly reviewing who owes you money and make use of your accountancy software's automatic reminders to automate a lot of that follow-up. Usually, all somebody needs is a nudge to pay an overdue invoice and keeping on top of who owes you money, that's an important part of maintaining a healthy business. Six, Make sure that your terms clearly outline your returns policy and then stand by it. Remember, a customer can keep the product and pay for it or they can give it back. They can't do both. They can't say that something is not fit for purpose, but keep it and keep using it without paying for it. It still remains your property until it's paid for. Seven. Use whatever leverage you have to get an invoice paid. For example, the copyrights for something that you have created, it doesn't transfer to a customer until they have paid for it. So don't leave that website online that someone is refusing to pay for and don't keep delivering a service if you've got previous month's bills remaining unpaid. If they have stopped paying you, then they have broken off that customer relationship, not you. Eight, if somebody is struggling to pay, then find out what they can afford. You might want to suggest a payment plan. For example, they pay 20% a week until the invoice is cleared. Or ask if they can pay 50% of the invoice now and maybe 50% next month. Getting half of your invoice paid before a company goes bust, that is far better than getting nothing and then having to fight all the other creditors afterwards. Nine, the better option is not to leave yourself exposed in the first place. People are more used to paying upfront for products and services now than they ever have been before, especially if they're placing an order online. Or you can ask for deposits and set payment milestones to make sure that you're not out of pocket if there is a problem getting paid after you have delivered. And 10, there are legal avenues that you can take but you should only consider them once you have exhausted all other options. Legal mediation, pursuing a claim through the small claim system, and even using debt collection agencies. All these are options that are available. But remember, if a customer simply has no money to pay you, then winning a court case against them, that's not going to change that. And that is it. Now, this is part of you being a business owner, learning how to make sure that the money keeps flowing. It's an essential part of your business, because remember, you can do far more good in the world with a profit than you will ever do with a loss. 
So we're all done for this episode. But just to wrap up, a reminder that if you are not yet a member of Vegan Business Tribe, and why not if you listen to this regularly, then now is the time to sign up. Because from next month, the cost for new members, it is going up from £12.99 a month to £18.99 a month. So now is your last chance to beat that price rise. Don't say I didn't give you plenty of opportunity. And genuinely, I would love to have you as part of Vegan Business Tribe if you are not already a member. You get so much value, not just from all of our member-only content, but from the community of vegan business owners from around the world. And if you are a member listening to this, I want you to mentally shout at the non-members how great being part of Vegan Business Tribe is. And we are funded through our membership. So by signing up, you are making sure that we can keep putting out this podcast to help vegan businesses and also all the other work that we do to champion the vegan business scene around the world. Just go to veganbusinesstribe.com, click on that big join button on the homepage, and that's where you can find out more. Thank you so much for giving up your time to listen. Please do implement what you've learned today or forward this podcast on to someone who you think might be struggling to get paid at the moment. And I'll see you on the next one.